Sam. Welcome to Build Time, a 10-minute journal about building my first application. So I mentioned last week that Trickle was built using Swift UI, and I wanted to go through a little bit about what that's going to mean for me, the developer, and also for the application. So what is Swift UI? Swift UI is a means to create user interfaces or UIs using Swift, which is a language that was primarily created and developed by Apple. So Apple has gotten in on the game on creating its own language. It's not like this hasn't been done before. Um, like Microsoft developed C++ and also TypeScript now to help people build applications using a language that it can control. And Apple's doing the same thing with Swift. Even though the Swift development process has largely been open source uh, with lots of community contributions, Apple is still broadly in control. And that's good in many ways because it means that the language is very well suited to building applications on Apple's platforms. SwiftUI is built on top of the Swift language, um, and it was announced at WWDC 2019. Now, I'm recording this in June of 2020, and WWDC is just around the corner, meaning that SwiftUI itself is a little under a year old, and not a lot of people have had time or a lot of time to get to grips with it. SwiftUI brought a lot of promises. It's supposed to speed up and simplify app creation, and most notably, one of its core promises was that you would be able to reuse code cross-platform. So I'm building an iOS application, but last year with the release of iOS 13, iOS and iPadOS split. So even though there are lots of similarities between iPhones and iPads, they do formally now have two different operating systems. macOS is a separate operating system, watchOS is a separate operating system, tvOS is a separate operating system. One of the core promises of SwiftUI was that you could take the SwiftUI code and everything that you've built in it and port it to multiple different operating systems within Apple's ecosystem. So an iPhone app could easily become an iPad app, could easily become a Mac app, could easily become a watch app. And while there are some limitations on that claim, for the basic building blocks, it largely seems to be true, which is quite impressive and also great for developers who don't want to have to waste a lot of time building the same app in a different way. So I want to create an app that is useful in iPhones, but also on iPads, because I'm creating an app that shows graphs, and you have a lot more space to spread out and show more detailed information when you're on an iPad, right? So I started writing in SwiftUI, and there are a lot of benefits to it. I mean, first, writing in Swift, right? Swift has been a really interesting language to learn and try to master. First of all, it's very readable and kind of beautiful, especially in Apple's demo code, where you're supposed to be showing off the best parts of the language. It's readable, meaning that you can tell just from looking at the code what it's trying to do. Unlike some other languages, it's not very symbol-laden or filled with really obscure syntax. So, you know, it's easy to declare a view. Swift is also relatively recently developed in the last few years. So it's had the opportunity to borrow heavily from other languages. So it has these things called optionals where a value might have nothing in it, a nil value, or it might have something in it, a non-nil value, right? And you can determine that at runtime. That apparently comes from Haskell, a functional programming language. Swift also has classes and structs. And while classes and structs are in nearly every modern programming language, I first came across them, or I've become most familiar with them, through learning them in CS classes uh, and writing in C++. Meaning that if you know things about classes and structs, and like inheritance and all of that kind of thing, that language also comes across in Swift. There is also type strictness. So Swift demands that when you write a function, you need to tell the function what it can expect to receive, what kind of data it can expect to receive, and what kind of data it's going to return, right? Is it 
um, an integer? Is it a double? Is it uh, some kind of string, right? And that is, I mean, there are a lot of languages that are type strict, including Microsoft's TypeScript, but it may be kind of jarring if you've come, like I did, from Python, right? Where Python kind of plays fast and loose with, with typing. And I am very glad that I wrote a little bit of TypeScript because I've come to, you know, both be able to accommodate, but also appreciate type strictness because it allows you to make a lot of guarantees about what's happening at runtime. And it helps you to debug stuff a lot faster, I think. Swift also has named function arguments. And that means that, for example, when I declare an angle and I pass it a double value, I need to tell it whether I'm passing it some degrees or some radians. So am I creating 90 degrees or half pi radians, right? Those are the same thing, but those are both expressed in doubles, right? You can have nine, you know, 90 degrees and pi over 2 radians. And in C++, this would have been basically impossible because Python only allows overloading of operators based on a type signature, whereas Swift both requires and allows you to say, look, you need to tell me whether this value is in degrees or radians because I'm going to declare a different angle depending on what you pass me. And that makes code a lot more readable because you, know, you can tell right off the bat, instead of having to look at the underlying fun function signature, what is going on. And if all of that meant nothing to you, like if you don't program or you're not deep into like the weird language stuff, basically that means that Swift has been really easy to pick up for me. You know, if you have any kind of programming experience, a lot of that is going to come over when you try to learn Swift, right? Almost everything you've learned in other languages, classes, structs, type strictness, all of this stuff is going to be useful in Swift if you try to learn it. And this is really good because by definition, no one can have more than a couple of years experience in Swift because Swift is only a couple of years old. But you can pick up that experience really quickly if you have any kind of programming experience. And even if you don't have a lot of programming experience, I certainly don't, it's quite easy to pick up because it's quite readable. Now, there are still problems, right? The nature of new things is that they tend to break and not everything that's broken has been fixed yet. So for example, Swift 1 and 2 was apparently source breaking. I wasn't around, but that would bring huge issues. That kind of means it's like yoldy English, like all of the words are spelt differently and the grammar is weird. If you try to re read a yoldy English sentence, like it's kind of brain bending, like it makes sense, but it also doesn't. Yeah, that's kind of like what moving from Swift 1 to 2 to 3 was like. So basically Swift 1 code does not work anymore. And that's a real problem if you're trying to build an application that's going to last more than a couple of years in Swift, right? Because you would have to rewrite the application every time Swift changed. As of now, we are now in Swift, I think 5.2, which is very stable. And I believe they've committed to not making any more source breaking changes. So that's Swift, which is a couple of years old. Swift UI, as mentioned, is under a year old. And that means that it has its own suite of problems. Mostly it's incomplete. I mean, being under a year old, it still has a lot of development to do. And I ran into this personally most recently when I was trying to use a scroll view slash list view slash table view. Basically, that's any view that contains a bunch of stuff and allows you to scroll over it. And if you think about it, that covers like almost every application. WhatsApp, that's a scroll view. You know, the WhatsApp contact list is a scroll view or really a table view. The Actual messages are also a table view. Instagram, that's also a scroll slash table view. Everything, almost everything is scroll views. Or, well, okay, not almost everything, but lots of things are scroll views. And it's really important that your scroll view is fully featured. And right now, SwiftUI's equivalent list view is not. 
I ran into a problem where I wanted to programmatically scroll to a row. So if a user clicks a button, I want to scroll to say row 39. You can't do that right now. I looked around Stack Overflow. There was like some horrible hack that involved rotating the view upside down or something like that. But that didn't seem like a, a good option. And it also introduced a whole new suite of exciting bugs. So basically I had to go back to UIKit, which fortunately I did not have to write in Objective-C. Fortunately, I think every piece of UIKit can now be written in Swift instead of in Objective-C, so I didn't have to learn a new language. And fortunately, Apple has provided means to wrap old UIKit views in Swift UI views. So I could use all of the power and the development of UIKit in Swift UI. So that's good, right? Like basically things are still possible to build in Swift UI and you can bridge between Swift UI and UIKit so that you have all of the old power of UIKit while still having the modern freshness and simplicity of Swift UI. Swift UI has been good for a lot of other things and I am still going to be continuing to use it for the app because it looks like it is the way forward and hopefully WWDC 2020 will bring a lot of new things. And overall, I'm very excited to use it. So that's the language, um, and I hope you'll follow me through the development of the Trickle application.